John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast for August 1917. This podcast looks at life in World War I through the letters of John Adams, who was 23 when he joined up in September 1914. He served with the 9th Service Battalion Royal Irish Fusiliers and was involved in many significant events on the Western Front, particularly Passchendaele. These are his words, read by his grandchildren and narrated by his great-grandchildren. This month we have no letters from John Adams, we just have four field postcards. Field postcards were written with very little information just to let people back at home know that you were still alive. I suppose the modern version would be a text when you get home. Maybe John Adams didn't have time to write, maybe he didn't have much of an indication to write. But this was in the middle of Passchendaele where the 9th Service Battalion of the Royal Irish Fusiliers was getting ready for the planned attack of the Battle of Lingermark on the 16th of August 1917. That's what we look at in the history section of the podcast this month. My name's Mark Adams, and John Adams was my grandfather. The days before the Battle of Langemark saw the heaviest deluges of rain, around three and a half inches, and this would make things very difficult. The ground to be covered by the 9th Royal Irish Fusiliers was as bad as anywhere in the front. It was very muddy and torn up by shellfire, which made some areas deep in quagmire. The 36th Ulster Division was fighting with the 16th Irish Division on its right and the 40th South Midland Division on its left. The night before the attack, the Germans sustained a barrage across the front. Wounded men were moved back through the deep mud, with six to eight men carrying each stretcher. The shelling meant a lack of sleep, and the men were poorly rested before the battle. At 4.45am on Tuesday the 16th of August, the leading men left the safety of their trenches. The Germans fiercely fought the position, not wanting to become prisoners, with the enemy fighting until nearly every man was killed. Trenches and machine gun posts were taken, but with heavy casualties, and many men had to wait in shell holes while the halfway point Gallipoli Farm was captured, and a machine gun post was stopped. The casualty rate was heavy, while the advance towards Gallipoli Farm was slowed by a double row of barbed wire. It was only cut in one or two places, which was soon covered by enemy machine gun fire. The casualty rate kept rising, A Company lost all of its officers and command devolved to Sergeant S. Carvel, who led the men forward under heavy machine gun fire. The weight of enemy fire caused many to withdraw the positions for better defence, and at 8am the Germans launched a well-planned counter-attack. A small group led by Lieutenant Wright became completely cut off from other groups. They held out for two hours in the hope that the land would be retaken, but had to surrender after ammunition ran out. The German machine guns were able to position themselves to open fire down trenches that the 9th RIF were in, so they had to withdraw back to the start line. It was clear a second attempt would fail as well. The casualty rate was now apparent with the majority of officers killed or wounded. Search parties would go out in the most difficult circumstances under heavy fire to find wounded men in the water-filled shell holes and trenches. Many were badly wounded and owed their chances of survival to the courage of those who worked through the night in the mud and under the constant shower of machine gun fire. The mud made the stretcher bearers' job treacherous as they moved slowly in the quagmire. 
The 9th Royal Irish Fusiliers casualty total was the highest in the 108th Brigade. From a trench strength of about 700 men, those killed or wounded in the battle were around 456. It was for their actions in this battle that 13 men of the 9th Royal Irish Fusiliers were awarded the Military Medal. This medal was for British Army men below commissioned rank for bravery in battle on land. One of these men was John Adams. Friday 3rd of August 1917, Field Postcard. I am quite well, I have received your letter, letter follows at first opportunity. Saturday 11th of August 1917, Field Postcard. I am quite well, I have received your letter, letter follows at first opportunity. Sunday 19th of August 1917, Field Postcard. I am quite well, I have received your letter, letter follows at first opportunity. Friday 31st of August 1917, Field Postcard. I am quite well, I have received your letter, letter follows at first opportunity. While these four short field postcards may not seem to give a lot of information, their timing within the month can tell us a lot about what was happening. Here's my brother John talking about the placing of these field postcards within the context of the battle. It's quite sombering this whole thing. It's interesting that they've been doing a lot of reserve work and a lot, of, probably a lot of carrying and stumbling across that battlefield for that couple of weeks before the 16th of August. And the Saturday the 11th was probably one of the sort of just a, a quick note. And then I think they went up to the front line on the 14th and were pretty much under constant shell fire and so on. Didn't have any food or anything like that until the attack on the 16th. It wasn't until the 18th that they were back out of the line again. I think the bookmark between the 11th and the 19th is really quite scary important. Thank you for listening to John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. To find out more about John Adams and his family, visit www.johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters. The History of the 9th Service Battalion, Royal Irish Fusiliers, during World War I is taken from the Blackers Boys. Visit them at www.9irishfusiliers.co.uk with the number 9. Podcast will be published a hundred years after the letters were written, so will be published nearly every month. This has been a Mark's Mess production. Music